The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Content Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're doing a deep dive into one of the most critical components of your marketing efforts, content marketing. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that discusses what you need to know about the technologies and strategies behind maximizing the impact of your content marketing as a creator and as a publisher. With us today is Robert Rose, who is the founder and chief troublemaker at The Content Advisory, which is a resource that helps companies create intelligent content strategies by providing strategic consulting, education, and research that helps teams transform their business and build passionate audiences. So far this week, we've discussed the trends in the content marketing industry, and today we're going to talk about Robert's tips for developing an effective content strategy. Okay, here's the second installment of Content Marketing Week with Robert Rose from The Content Advisory. Robert, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me back. I'm really pleased as all get out that I got called back. <laughs> well, you know, we signed you up for a week and we made it to Tuesday. And my feeling is you're going to make it through all five episodes, but <laughs> I have no worries about your ability to talk about content. It's Taco Tuesday. Let's talk about it. It's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Yesterday, we talked a little bit about the landscape of the content marketing industry. And one of the things that you said that stuck with me was that when you think about building you know, content and the people that are doing it well, it's not the brands that are trying to use content like an advertisement that drives a direct response, but the people that are being successful are building audiences and constantly re-engaging with the same group of customers to build things like influence and authority. When you think about the brands that you work with, how do you think about setting up a strategy for their content marketing efforts? Yeah, it's one of the most important things. And by the way, from our research that we do at Content Marketing Institute every year, it is quite frankly, the biggest predicator of success. You know, those who actually document, create a real strategy are typically successful and those who don't are almost always not. So this is the true rubber meeting the road is it where creating something that's going to be impactful to the businesses, you know, it is so much better to measure twice and cut once here. And what we see is one is looking at this just to the point you were making about what we were talking about in the last episode is the idea that content marketing resembles much more of a product marketing and or product development strategy and methodology than it is a campaign based one. 
So when we're looking at those sort of iterative campaigns, as I was speaking about in the last episode, we're thinking about what is the short-term conversion for this particular campaign and how do I optimize it to get those conversion rates? And when we're thinking about a long-term strategy, such as building a publication or building a center of excellence or building some hub or whatever it is we're building, looking at that and the team that we're creating to optimize that as a product that we're building that is built to develop relationships with audiences at whatever part of the journey we're trying to create for. That's the optimal way to start to look at this. Now, once we have a content team and we go, great, now we have this idea for a publication, a resource center, a hub, a digital magazine, a webinar program, a thought leadership program, whatever the expression is going to be, we need to think about, great, what is the editorial strategy for that? How are we actually going to operate this thing as a publication that audiences will want to subscribe to? And then we understand, of course, not every bit of that, not all 100% of the content that's going to go into that publication, that hub, that resource center is going to suffice the rest of the content that we have to create for sales or for PR or for the CEO or for other infographics or whatever it happens to be. So figuring out the balance of content that we're creating proactively for our editorial strategic approach versus the balance of what it is we're creating as an on-demand service to the business is the critical part of figuring out a content strategy that's going to make sense. Because it might be 10% that you're creating proactively and 90% that you're creating reactively. Hopefully, it's much more the other way. Hopefully, it's more like 40% we're creating reactively to the business and 60% that we're creating proactively to support this strategic build of an audience relationship. I think there's an important distinction when you're thinking about content marketing, which is actually, well, let's say there's two of them. One, which is understanding the type of company that you're working at and what you're trying to accomplish. And two, understanding who your customers are. Exactly. I think there's a big difference between, you know, let's take the MarTech podcast. We use content and it is our product. We are trying to drive subscribers to listen to our content so we could sell advertising. That's going to be a distinctly different set of content than somebody who's running, let's say, a B2B SaaS product who's going to be breaking down their content into different stages of their funnel, trying to educate a consumer about why they need to make a purchase. As you're evaluating the different types of companies, how much do you think about the marketing funnel and how do you break down the types of content you're creating and the purpose that they're meant to serve? It's a great question. And the answer is it's first and foremost on my mind. Although I don't typically look at it from the funnel perspective as much as I look at it from the customer and or buyer's journey. What is their process? What is their need? Because guess how much a customer cares about being a lead or a qualified lead or an opportunity? Not one bit. So if we start looking at it like what is their particular need at that particular step of their journey, the next question I'm going to have is, great, what experience can we create for them that makes them want to subscribe to more of what we have? Now, maybe that we're building an experience at the very top of the funnel. So our idea is to really educate them in terms of whatever approach we have to solving a particular challenge or a particular want of that particular customer as they become aware that this is actually something they need to pay attention to. So the classic one I can think of is HubSpot and what they did with inbound. So they created a category of marketing called inbound marketing and wrote a book, 
created a blog, created all sorts of hub, created content that people wanted to engage with and subscribe with and learn about, quite frankly, become students of inbound marketing. And then, of course, their natural tendency is to say, great, now that I'm a student of inbound marketing and I start to get and understand it, where am I going to find the right solution to help me facilitate this new thing that I've just learned? Oh my goodness, it's the same company that actually educated me. It's this wonderful solution called HubSpot. Perfect example of them building an audience of people who may or may not be aware or ready to buy, but because they're building an audience and engaging that attention and that trust over the long term, they're building that trust to the point where when I am ready to actually purchase, when I am actually knowledgeable enough, when I have actually self-discovered that this product is actually what I need, of course, the one who brought me there is the top of mind solution that I'm going to bring to bear there. So the key is, is that I'm always thinking about the funnel or more importantly, the buyer's journey. But the question I'm asking is, what experience does my audience need at this stage of their buying journey in order to receive value that I might then deliver to them to help them make a decision or progress toward a decision that works in my favor? One of the things that I've realized as I've worked more in marketing is that the buyer journey or the funnel, call it what you want. I think what we're really talking about the same thing for the most part. It's not a linear path. Of course not. Right. So while you're talking about, hey, you're using HubSpot as an example, they built a great audience around the inbound franchise. And that was really about building awareness and credibility. And that is one very important part of the buyer's journey. People are following along with their content and they feel like they're getting educated and they feel like the brand that is creating the content is credible because they're learning. The second part of the buyer's journey is, okay, now that I'm interested in pursuing this type of marketing, how do I get educated on what the various products and do product comparison are? That's a totally separate stage of documenting what your product is, how to use it, who it's for, what your price point is, right? Building some sort of understanding of your product market fit. And then there is the last mile content, which is your sales collateral case studies, proof points, all the things that show people that the decision they're making is the right one. That's really when I talk about the funnel and you're talking about the buyer's journey, I think we're saying the same thing of understanding where the customer is and what decision they're trying to make. But they don't always go from, I read the blog, I researched the product, I figured out that you were the best solution because I read a case study, I purchased the product. Sometimes they bounce back and forth. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. 
Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. How do you, as you're putting together a strategy, try to cast a net that catches people no matter where they are in that funnel? So instead of the funnel these days, one of my favorite more recent developments is that idea of the infinity loop of the customer's journey where it starts off on the left-hand loop of discovery and then it goes or circles around to awareness and then try and then transact right in the center where the figure eight might meet and then back around to use, adopt, and then ultimately upsell, resell and back over to the transact again. And that infinity loop, I think, is a great model for how we can look at our customer's journey. So by looking at it from my customer's perspective, or quite honestly, my audience's perspective, and asking myself, what value can I deliver at that stage of their journey? The immediate implied answer to your question is, oh, well, then I need an experience at every single stage because I'm going to catch them at either different stages or they'll skip stages or they'll come in in the middle versus the end or you know wherever they come in, I need to catch them. And you're not always going to know where they are either. That's correct. So the critical thing is, is that when somebody goes, well, you're telling me that I need five or eight, you know, if my customer journey has eight stages in the buyer's journey, I need eight different experiences. And the answer to that is technically, yes, you do. The biggest mistake that we actually see is someone launches a blog or a hub or a resource center and they try and accomplish all of that. They try to drive more awareness, drive more leads, create more trust with those leads, drive customer retention, customer loyalty, evangelism. It's a dessert topping. It's a floor wax. It's trying to be every single thing and it doesn't do any of those things particularly well. So the technical answer is, yeah, you kind of do, but of course you don't. And of course you don't have priority for all of those stages, right? So my typical advice is to say, okay, where does it hurt the most? Because our ultimate goal with a content marketing platform is to simply deliver such a valuable experience to that audience member that their immediate reaction is, how do I get more of this? Because they'll find it. They'll find our next step. Or if they come in too deep into the funnel because they became aware of some sales optimization thing at a trade show, Maybe they back out and they back out non-linearly to our education experience that teaches them why they need to be engaged. And if they come in to a customer event, a great example of this is Salesforce Dreamforce, right? Amazing example of a content marketing platform that delivers experiential value that goes way beyond their software that they provide, but is obviously dedicated and directed toward customers to deliver them an extra experience about why they want to evangelize and be so such a fanatic of salesforce.com. So many new people are going to discover salesforce.com by discovering this major event and then go, huh, maybe I do need CRM and skip to the next experience, which might be their blog or their website, et cetera, et cetera. So what we want to do are create these orchestrated, not, you know, we're not leading people down a path, but they are orchestrated experiences where we can help people down the path by helping say, hey, here's where you might want to go next and have another great experience with us where we can deliver you value and just intensify that value over time. So ultimately, they become self-convinced that we are the right solution for their need or want. 
I think not only understanding the stage that somebody is likely going to be consuming a piece of content, but also understanding what the natural next step is going to be. So you can have an appropriate call to action makes a lot of sense. As we always say, every piece of content is selling. The only question is, what is it selling? And most of the time in content marketing, what we're trying to sell is an idea. Yeah. One thing that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, and I'll make this the last question for today's episode, is if you're in multiple stages in the buyer's journey, you're not sure where everyone is, you need to create multiple pieces of content for multiple stages along that path. But you do want to have some sort of consistency in terms of voice and tone. So as you're thinking about building a content marketing strategy, how are you thinking about creating a unique voice for a brand? This is where it comes down to people and process instead of technology and the actual content itself. And that people and process part is one of the things, and it's honestly where I spend most of my time with the clients we have, which is the biggest mistake that we normally make is that content is kind of the thing that everybody does and is nobody's strategy. So by dedicating a team or a person, if you're a smaller business, to being what I call the arbiter of good, someone who sets the standard for what good content from our organization looks like. And that includes tone and voice and consistency and what we believe in and the stories we tell and how we tell them and the value we deliver is such an important piece of it. So in large organizations, this is usually going to consist of some sort of editorial board or content group or content department, or even we call center of excellence or whatever it is. And in a smaller organization, it might literally be one person who is in charge of content as a strategy. The content czar. Yeah, a content czar, if you will. And being part of that strategy is to maintain the standard of what good is, like what is consistent, what is tone, what is voice. And having the ability to be able to say no and the ability to be able to say yes to anybody in the organization. And quite frankly, I put content strategy at the same level as I put legal or accounting. When accounting makes a policy or a standard or when legal makes a policy or a standard for the rest of the organization, nobody runs around and goes, well, let's see what marketing thinks about that legal opinion. Nobody does that. So when we create a content standard, It should apply for everybody, no matter where in the business, because it is just as important of a policy or standard as that legal or accounting policy. The interesting thing to me is I've always thought about it kind of an opposite way, where the people are going to be replaceable in a content strategy over time. An organization gets large, there's multiple constituents that are working on content for enterprise organizations. What matters is a shared vision and understanding of what the company does and who they're speaking to. And it's great to have someone who can police whether a piece of content is good or not. But my opinion has always been, if you can articulate what your company is, who they're talking to, what the customer's pain points are, then the tone generally falls in line as long as you understand what the goals you're trying to achieve. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I'm living in a utopian world of a company of one to seven people, depending on who you ask. You're living in an apolitical one, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) In a perfect world, you are absolutely correct. But sadly, even when we're presented with the right answer in the politics that exist in so many big companies, they're like, this is the classic when Homer Simpson says to his daughter, oh, just because I understand doesn't mean I care. (laughs) You know, they basically, they have what they want to say and they're going to say it the way they want to say it. Let's say this, for a smaller company, 
understand who your customer is, understand what their pain points are, and document that so you can hold it up next to a piece of content and making sure that it maps. Yeah. But sometimes when the CEO wants it blue, guess what, folks? It's going to be blue. Then you have to change the underlying understanding of who your customer is because the CEO said it and it's his ass on the line. Right. At a larger organization, you might need, you know, that's such a revolving door that you might need people responsible for not only documenting who the customers are and all the brand process that I've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast, but to actually make the underlying call of what makes sense. That's right. Okay. Robert, I appreciate you giving your thoughts on content strategy. And tomorrow we're going to get into a little more of the operational stuff. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Robert for joining us. If you'd like to learn more of Robert's tips for building an effective content marketing strategy, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning to learn what you need to know about leveraging your content production resources. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Robert, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can reach out to him on Twitter where his handle is Robert underscore Rose. That's R-O-B-E-R-T underscore R-O-S-E. Or you could visit his company's website, which is contentadvisory.net. A couple of links that I want to tell you about, which are in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for all of our guests. And if you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media as well. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Robert Rose, the co-founder and chief troublemaker at The Content Advisory, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Also, if you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we have a once a week newsletter with links to our audio players, episode summaries, and contact information for our guests. To subscribe, go to benjshap.com slash newsletter. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.